Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach, Care It Out, and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training, or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show. You are listening to your host, Kerry Sepper. I hope you are really, really well. And in this podcast episode, I am doing a sleep series on sleep at a, at a set age or stage. I've been talking recently about birth um fourth trimester I've been talking about four month regression a podcast episode on both of those if you're interested I'll put them in the show notes and today um all well all this week on Instagram and Facebook and today's podcast and this week's podcast episode is all about sleep at six months because there's so much pressure we're going to really crack into this but um I was talking with our guest before that there is so much pressure around the six month mark to get your baby sleeping through or consolidating those naps I'm hoping it's going to be a really useful podcast not only for our wonderful guests we've got on but also to everybody listening today I am going to be talking to Emma who's a mum of six and a half month old Lucas and sleep is a little bit sticky at the moment so I'm hoping to chat to Emma and hopefully she's going to get lots out of it for her and her son Lucas and hopefully you will find that everybody listening will get something out of it all I ever want how are you Emma good thank you amazing welcome to the sleep show thank you so much I know it's very last minute as always but thank you so much for coming on well thank you I'm looking forward to speaking to you and I know that everybody these um what I try to do a mix podcast episodes where it's just me with a guest consultation types and every time I do what I haven't done one for a while but every time I do they always go down really well people love to hear a about other people ever they're keen to hear about you but also I think they're just really relatable aren't they yeah yeah definitely so tell me a little bit you've got a six-month-old baby yeah so Lucas um was born in September um so obviously in and out of lockdown um so he's he started off sleeping relatively well for a newborn um started going longer stints but then sort of after four months we started getting some shorter stints and then um as time's gone on between sort of four months and now it's just got shorter and shorter and shorter to the point where he can't sleep he doesn't seem to be able to go at night longer than two hours before waking up um, and that happens throughout the night. So every two hours he's waking up at night. Yeah. So yeah. every two hours. Yeah. So he starts yeah. off. So he goes to bed at about six, seven, half seven. Um, Sometimes he had started off and then not waking up till nine. And then it was 11 um, after that. But then he started going. So he'd wake up at eight o'clock and then he'd wake up at nine o'clock. So some nights it was shorter periods in the in the first part of the night. And then it was, then it would religiously be every two hours after that. But it's gone back to being sort of every two hours religiously throughout the night as soon as he's gone down. Yeah. Okay. What I'm going to do is we're going to go through a little bit of Lucas's bed like background because before I make any suggestions, I always like to get the everything into context and know everything about the baby or the family that who I'm going to be making suggestions. We'll come to that. But before we do, I just want to talk about sleep and wake up 
nighttime because this is I see this so much in practice I think it's probably the most frequently asked question and the most frequently thing the most frequent thing I work with parents for frequent wake-ups at night time and where I where how I look at frequent wake-ups at night time is that I'm all my approach is I'm always always going to reassure you that it is normal for your baby not to be sleeping through the night even past six months old so much pressure which we'll come on to in a second about your baby needs or should be sleeping through by a set age and that age I don't know where they've plucked it from but it, a lot of pressure around the six month mark but it is natural and normal for your baby not to be sleeping through the night at this age or stage at any age or stage but especially six and a half months and waking up at night time to have needs and feeds is very normal as well but I always balance comes up a lot on my approach and I really do feel it is a balance because you don't need me to tell you Emma that waking up every two hours must be I don't know how it feels for you and I would never assume that um but it must be tough tiring it can start to impact everything the way you want to parent your mood diet like everything family logistics mm. everything so yeah. yes I'm always going to reassure that it is natural normal wake up the normal not sleeping through the night is normal because for some families it's all they needed to hear and first and foremost I'm always here for the reassurance but if the the wake-ups or the feeds are super frequent they're unsustainable they're starting to have an impact you don't feel they're sleeping to the best of their ability chances are there are some changes that we can make with care that can make it make a difference does that make sense yeah yeah I think that's so important I think sometimes people think care it out is wait it out and waiting it out I 100% do believe that 100% of children babies infants whether we like smalls whatever we like to call them will eventually learn to sleep but we don't know how long that is going to be and waiting is the worst however for some families waiting out is working for them and if it's working all is well some families do choose to do sleep training and I'm always going to be an advocate of that you know your family best you are their expert so if you choose to do that that's fine however I'm somewhere loitering in the middle I'm not care it out isn't about well you just got to accept it and wait it out but neither am I going to tell you to cry it out either it's a combination of making what is natural and normal going with what Lucas is um but his biological best what he's capable of but hopefully it's a comp carry out it's, it's a compromise for both of you does that make sense yeah it sounds fabulous I think it's such an important message to get across that if things aren't working chances are there's something we can do okay let's before we get started with Lucas I just want to what we were talking about before Emma because I think it's such an important point you made and you felt it too you were saying but that pressure at six months it's real isn't it yeah, because you you think they're no longer classed as sort of like newborn, are they? So during like newborn stage, you expect them not to be able to sleep for long periods of time or to be to be disturbed several times in the night. But obviously you get to like six months. And I think I don't know where the assumption comes from that they should just be able to because they're older and they're bigger and they can do other things and they start weaning and that they should be able to then sleep through the night. Yeah. But when that doesn't happen, it's sort of just a bit of a shock, especially because <laughs> if you've got other children like I have, when he slept through with no problem by six months, he was sleeping through. And then when when Lucas wasn't, it was kind of a bit like, oh, what, yeah. what, what do I do? What, what, is there something wrong? Have I done something wrong? Am I not doing something right? Is it, you know, it's a bit of a shock sometimes. Yeah. And parenting is so personal. It's hard not to internalise that as 
what am I doing wrong? Why is my baby not sleeping? It must be me. I call it the six months, the six month switch. That's a mouthful. And <laughs> there is so much pressure around. I think there's pressure on parents at any age or stage, but I really see it, that pressure gets to a peak at around six months. Because as I mentioned before, there's this number, six months, this arbitrary number that all babies should be sleeping through the night by that time. They shouldn't need a night feed. Naps should be consolidated. Um, what's the other one? You know, sleep is is settled is is becoming more settled at night time, and I just don't like the word should. You've been following me for a while, Emma. Like I just I think swapping swapping the word should for some some baby there isn't a switch that gets switched on at six six months where they're able every single baby is able to sleep through the night, not need feeds, start to consolidate their naps, and are overall a bit more settled because they're all really different. Um, and I think sometimes swapping that the word should for some can really, really help. And the other thing is, which I've completely, oh, I know what I was going to say, is that around this age, big changes are happening to sleep. Their circadian rhythm or sleep system is starting to mature a little bit. And that can help with um, consolidating naps. So some babies at this age do start to, little, to nap a little bit longer, reduce their naps down. Some don't. Some babies are. Um, they start to produce melatonin on, on a bit more of a regular schedule. And that means for some babies, their nights do get a little bit more settled. They can consolidate too, but it's definitely not a switch that, boom, gets switched on at six months. No. It can happen anywhere between five and a half and six and a half months. And it really does look different to every baby. And I really want to get that message. Somebody needs to make me a T-shirt with it depends on the baby. Because yeah. A times a day. Um, but I think listeners will be very reassured to hear that you felt that pressure too. Do you think it's hard, a bit of a personal question, and you can tell me to stuff it if we don't want to answer it, but did you, do you think you felt more pressure because you second baby? I guess it's that hard to answer now, I'll say it out loud. It, I think so, yeah, because it, it sounds a bit, so, so I was quite, for a, when I was a first mum with my older son, I was very laid back like my friends would joke about it like how laid back I was for a first time mum um and said that with the second one you'd, you'd constantly forget he was there because you're that laid back with the first one <laughs> whereas for me it seems to have gone the other way and I'm more because he is so different and because he's not done things in the same order and in mm. the same way as his older brother it's kind of made me sort of falter a little and I'm not a particularly, I'm not like a person who's overly self-conscious about things, but it has made me question things because he's not done things in what sort of you're told or you're led to believe is the right order or he's not done things by a certain time. And he is so different from his older brother that you sort of, it does make you think, oh, have I done, have I done something wrong this time or yeah. is, it, is there something going on? It's just, because I would have thought it would have been easier with the second one, but yeah um it's actually harder yeah maybe lucas heard you when you said maybe. when you said that he was the first one was easy and yeah. you were really laid back um yeah i promise you if you take anything away from this session and i hope you take so much more away from it i really hope you don't think you aren't doing anything wrong it's so hard not to compare siblings especially siblings it's hard not to compare our babies with other children especially yeah. when it comes to siblings and that can become such a shock that two children that you parent pretty much the same can be completely different yeah yeah just goes to show how many layers there are to sleep
Okay, let's get on and because I really want you to take some your time to come on and talk today, I really want you to take some a plan to put in place for Lucas. So before we start, I always like to just double check um, how things are going. So is there, I just want to triple check before we start, is there any weight concerns? No, no weight concerns. No, and uh, no reflux, any reflux? No, no reflux. No, amazing. And he's in good health? Yes. He has eczema, which irritates him. Yeah. Um, but that, apart from that, no, everything else is fine. Amazing. Let's just have, I'm always very honest and upfront, and I'm not medically qualified. I work with the biological side of state, which is completely different. And I really feel it's really important for any practitioner to stay, stay in their scope of practice. So I don't feel that I am qualified to give advice on eczema, but I can give some very quick tips. For anybody listening, if you are worried about eczema, I highly recommend um, getting in contact with your doctor or dermatologist i'll put the name of a really good one in the show notes for you um but eczema is a medical matter that i would always um refer you on to your medical team to have a look at and from a sleep perspective with eczema there are there are a couple of things that you can do that can help um it's very rare that eczema on its own would impact sleep unless it was really severe and it it covered quite a lot of the body. Does he wake up scratching at night time? Yeah, he does. It tends to irritate him more. When he was younger, it tended to be more his face. And obviously, yeah. they don't, doctors aren't keen on prescribing antihistamines when they're yeah. quite young. Um, but we did get some prescribed because it was waking him up so much and it was his face that he was constantly itching. Yeah. Um, to the point where we had to put socks over his hands rather than just use the little mittens that are attached yeah. to the onesies because he managed to get his fingers out. Yeah. Um, so, and then, but he's quite a tactile child, so he likes to touch a lot of things. And then he was, he likes to put his hands in his mouth to help him soothe, even though it doesn't always work. Yeah. So we've tried to take them off over time and he's kind of used to not scratching as viciously now yeah but he's as he's um getting older his eczema starting to irritate him sort of on his tummy on his chest on his neck so yeah. he started going for those areas now as well yeah it's like us if we were in discomfort like scratching like any discomfort or there was something irritating us it would impact our sleep it would bother us at night time particularly cough cough, a tickly cough or um, scratching or itching at night time, it's understandable that that can impact the sleep. So generally speaking, something like eczema, my suggestion, as I mentioned before, always check in with your doctor and some tips for um, the sleeping um, eczema and sleep would be to try and keep the room as cool as possible. Eczema hates heat. The more heat there is in the skin, the more chances that they are going to scratch. Keep the um, cotton pajamas. I'm sure you're already doing this, Emma, but for anybody listening, it, going through something really obvious sometimes can get missed. So keep the room cool. Cotton pajamas next to the skin. Anything that isn't a natural fibre, polyester. What's the other one? Lycra that likes to go in pajamas. That's really going to irritate and warm the skin. So try to avoid those. Um, other things are keep the file the nails down. We were talking before that sometimes those little nails that can be like little weapons, can't they? They can really hurt and cause quite a bit of damage. Um, yeah. keeping I found rather than clipping like trying to clip someone else's baby's fingernails it 
honestly, anybody trying to, uh, with the big clippers, um, clip the nails, it's, it's, a, it's a frightening thing, isn't it? People it is quite women. scary, yeah. <laughs> so I found having a buffer, like a little nail file and a buffer, and they would sit there and I would do the nails like that. As you said, putting socks on that can help as well. And there's just a few things there that can help. But ultimately, if the eczema is bothering them at night time, it is worth seeing another practitioner to get that as under control as much as possible. Because whilst they are itching and scratching and it's bothering them at night time, it's understandable that it's going to bother them. They're going to cause them. They're going to cause them to wake up at night time. Do you in, like parental instinct? Is there's nothing like it. Do you feel it's the eczema bothering him at night time? I do feel it's his eczema that bothers him at night time, yeah, because, well, yes and no, he always wakes up crying, he doesn't just, so he's not one of these babies who just, who just like will ping wide awake and his eyes are open, he's quite happily babbling, he always wakes up crying, and he, I think it's, my oldest son does it, he wakes up crying sometimes because he's annoyed that he's had to wake up, yeah, for whatever reason. Um, and it doesn't seem to, it, it does seem to bother him, less so now, um, because he, I was watching him this morning, funnily enough, and he was itching, but he was asleep. Yeah. So like he was I'm sort watching. of like automatically going for his neck to yeah. give it a scratch, but he was still asleep. Whereas previously, um, it was disturbing him quite a lot and he was waking, that was what was waking him up. Yeah. Might, but I don't know how you feel about alternative therapies or um, I don't know where, again, I'm not medically qualified and I can't stress that enough, but it might be worth getting in touch with a dermatologist and just seeing whether there's anything else that can be done. And it's always yeah. worth getting a second opinion, I think. Yeah, definitely. Because he has got, it, it does cover quite a large, well, large portion of his body and it's all dry, which is what's making him itch. Yeah, yeah. Literally, you take his onesie off and his vest and shake it and it looks like it's been oh, snowing. It's, it's so dry. Yeah, I, I definitely, I really feel, again, you're his expert. I would never assume that I knew him better than you do or what he needed, but I, I do feel it might be worth getting in touch with a somebody that special, like a dermatologist that could help yeah. with that, get it under control as much as possible because, I, everybody googles everything I've yeah definitely um diagnosed myself with all sorts of things by going on google but actually going to somebody and there's nothing like going to someone that is an expert in their field and getting advice to you and your and to Lucas I think that'd be really useful yeah definitely I've got the name of someone I'll put it in the show notes and then I just wanted to reassure you that it is completely normal like I know Lucas might not be giving you this impression because he's up frequently at night time but I do believe babies want to sleep their biological best and they want to sleep nicely at night time and when they do wake up sometimes they are annoyed or peed off or frustrated that they're awake they sometimes don't even know why they're awake or sometimes they know something that bothers them and they are annoyed that they've woken up and sometimes that's really visible and it's also very normal some babies do like again depends on the baby every baby is so different some babies do just wake up at night time and coo and you know come on in and get me I'm awake where some others are literally ah, it's like the sleep siren at night time they wake up yeah. immediately crying and that's yep. complete crying at, crying at any time is completely normal this is care it out not control crying or leaving them cry but it's not ever been about muting their cries. Crying is completely normal. It's the only way Lucas can communicate. He's six and a half. He doesn't have six and a half months old. He doesn't have words. He can only communicate 
by crying. So yes, it's horrible listening to them cry at any time of the night, but it is normal that they wake up at night time and cry and and let you know that they need you. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that there's something wrong either. Which I think it's important. Okay, there are, I, I do feel that we, your two reasons, I do feel we need to take the eczema into consideration because you got his expert you saying that you feel that he is in discomfort at night time I still feel there's lots we can go through we're going to go through his naps his bedtime routine bedtime boundary what's happening at night time just to see whether there's there's any other um tweaks or sleep suggestions we can make but I do think it is worth um just seeing if there's anything more that can be done with the extra does that make sense mm -hmm. are you happy with that yeah definitely that sounds great yeah. Does it cover more than a 50? I think it does, but I just want to check. Does it cover more of 50, a 50 P piece on his body? Like it's oh, quite yeah. big all over. Yeah. Um, the, the dry, the dry skin is all over pretty much. The eczema patches that are more red and raw are, yes, there are quite a few of them that are um, bigger than a 50 P piece at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. And also just, I know I went through it before, but specifically for him, do you double layer him up at night time, like vest and then pyjamas? Yeah, but he's got a really good trick of he manages to get his legs out of his onesie regardless. He's like a little Fadini. Um, he can, he can get them out. So you take him out of his sleeping bag and his, his legs are just out. That's so but funny. I don't, I don't know how he does it. I genuinely don't know how he does it. He managed to force his legs and they're quite chunky through with the tiniest gap like gap between the poppers and then he's just got them then they're just out that's so funny Listen, there is nothing wrong with a chunky thigh <laughs> no of course not <laughs> but i don't know whether he's doing it's that because his legs are itching so he's rubbing them together and yeah. then they come out so then yeah. he's sort of sort of cleverly trying to cool himself down because he's getting his legs out but yeah he always ends up cold so I'm like yeah well, I don't understand I would when it's normal to worry that the, again it's normal for parents to worry full stop but it's one of a really common worry is that they're getting too hot at night time or they're getting too cold you're more yeah. likely to overheat a baby at night time than them being cold and it's normal for their face and feet to be on the chilly side that most babies do prefer a cooler sleeping environment of between 16 to 19 degrees which is i call it cardigan cool it is quite it is quite chilly um yeah. but with, it might be worth just sometimes finding something that works for you it's a bit the trial and error it might be worth seeing whether um having just one layer on him works yeah maybe shorter pajamas would help him um i'm trying to think of other things off the top of my head instead of having like long pajamas he could try and wear short pajamas um one layer trying to get it's hard because there's things in life we can control and think and, and things in life we can't control and room temperature especially uk summer it's really tricky to do that um but it, keeping him on the cooler side at night time might help and yeah. the other thing I was going to suggest which is just gone because my brain goes too quickly oh yeah is at night time if you are worried he's too cool check his chest and his back of his neck and if his chest is warm he's warm yeah but it is interesting he's busting out of his pjs yeah I have thought of this hot. before is to maybe go to the one layer yeah it's just more like I know I had um, really bad eczema when I was a child and I still mm. remember it quite vividly and just having lots on your skin it used to drive me bonkers to the point even now I can't wear socks or trousers in bed 
and I no, have to see, my feet yeah, out the duvet. I'm, yeah, I'm very similar. My eczema was terrible when I was a child. Uh, and his brother, funnily enough, also likes to sleep. His bedroom's like a fridge, his older brother. Yeah. Um, windows open slightly all year round. Yeah. Um, and he sleeps in shorts and shorts and t-shirt or just shorts, regardless yeah. of the weather. <laughs> yeah. So that could be that could be a similarity. He was very different. Lucas sounds very different from his big brother, but that could be a similarity there. Worth yeah, investigating. Like being a yeah, little detective. Definitely. Okay. And yeah. Any other questions about that? Were you happy to, to go on? No, I'm good. Cool. So taking his eczema into consideration, I still feel it is worth, I don't want to end it just there. I want to go through his naps, his bedtime routine, if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So my whole approach, even though I know, Emma, that you might not be giving this impression at night time, I've said it before, they do want to sleep quite nicely at night time, especially because he's waking up and you, you're telling me, his expert, he's visibly annoyed when he wakes up. He doesn't want to be awake or bothered any more than you do. Yeah. And frequent wake ups at night time, they're causing you an unsettled night's sleep, which is why you probably... Soon, I you wouldn't believe how many probably can't believe how many messages I got to come on the podcast. They're still coming in this morning. I'm like, <laughs> it went in about 10 minutes. <laughs> but I will be doing another one. But the wake-ups at night time, they're causing you a sleepless night, which is why we're here. But they're not actually the cause of Lucas's sleepless night. There's all try to look at the wake-up, they're a symptom of something that's going on in his setup or something we need to take into consideration so for me it was oh, I've got itching now it's always back to a little question mark over his ex and I do think it's worth exploring that a little bit more um but I also feel that that it's worth looking at setting up a sleep cycle so that when he wakes up he is able to get himself back to sleep at night time unless he needs a feed or he is actually in discomfort from the eczema. What what does get him back to sleep at night time when he wakes? So we've tried several things. It used to only be me. I had to feed him back to sleep. Um, and then he used to, then we got to a point where he would let dad bounce him back to sleep, sort of in between me feeding him. So I would do one, then dad, this is when it got like every two hours and it was unsustainable for me to be waking up every two hours and it had made me sort of quite ill. Um, and yeah. I got really run down with it. Um, so then I did one feed to put him back to sleep and then he let he would let dad bounce him back to sleep. But we've we've gone backwards again now and he won't he literally sounds like a cat being strangled if his dad goes in the room and doesn't bring him to me or if his dad tries to settle him down, he won't have anybody else do it. It has to be me and it, I have to feed him to sleep because I've tried bouncing him to sleep and he had let me do that a few times, but now it's, yeah. it's a no-go area. It's literally, it's feed me to sleep or nothing. Yeah, and once he has the feed, is he going back to sleep quite quickly? Does he itch when he's feeding? No, he's not itching when he's awake. When he when I wake when he's woken in the night, um, it seems to have calmed down sort of that ish in the in the night time at the moment. Um, like I said before, he tends to just sort of do it unconsciously now. Um, I've no idea what person necessarily is waking him up in the night. I just know it's religiously every two hours. He yeah. will feed and he will go back to sleep. So sometimes he does feed for a longer period of time, but more often than not, it is quite a short period of time. And it's literally sort of using me as a dummy, if you will, yeah. to help him go back to sleep. I've tried yeah. to give him a dummy as well. He's not in that. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. And it is completely normal to for them. Like, again, it is completely normal for a six-month-old to have 
feeds at night time um anywhere between one or three is still very very age appropriate and again there's always a spectrum on that some might be less some might be a little bit more every baby's different depends on the baby um mm. but i think when it becomes really super frequent i think it's worth looking at some things during the day how does he feed during the day does he feed um, frequently during the day and is there plenty of wet nappies yeah he used to feed so he's kind of cut down a little bit because we've started weaning and because he is so nosy at the moment um he's sort of so distracted in the day that he's not feeding as regularly as he used to but before before the last couple of weeks he would feed sort of regularly sort of every four hours yeah okay. um and that was and that was fine and there was loads of wet nappies and everything like that yeah it's very very normal to get a, I call it food FOMO in fact it's really common I've got a post planned I think it's either today funnily enough or Friday about food FOMO it can happen at any age but it's more common when they're going through a little bit of a leap so around the four month progression or even around six months when they're starting to roll they're starting to really clock on what's going on around them and it's natural that playing nosing becomes their priority they can get a little bit of food FOMO during the day. Now, it's really important. Food, everything is linked for babies. So food, behaviour, going to the toilet, digestive system, sleep is all linked, which is why I look at everything. I have a very holistic approach. And I look at four areas. You can't look at one without the other. Um, but food during the day, I don't believe that you need to stuff, stuff, stuff them during the day. And that's going to be... Um, the key to settled night sleep i actually had dietitian lucy neary come on i can't even remember when it was now time has just been a bit blur in lockdown but it was about two or three weeks ago came on and talked us through that but i do think it is worth um having a look i don't want to put more pressure on you to say right you've got to get loads of feed to him during the day because again we've got no control over that but sometimes things that can help food FOMO are taking them away from the action to feed, trying to get them to feed when, you know, they're in the middle of a party, there's lots going on, it's going to be hard. Just the same for me, I can't work if I'm in a cafe or there's loads, but my husband's running in and out all the time doing stuff. It's really tricky to like, focus on what you're doing. So taking them somewhere, taking him somewhere calm and quiet can help. Singing, chatting, you know, keeping the feeds really social can help. Keeping um, just keeping it calmer when they're feeding that can help and sometimes if you notice that they are um a little bit distracted during the day some families really like nursing beads as well you could use any necklace that they fiddle with that can help as well and again i can't stress it's not about getting focusing on getting loads of food into him or pushing those feeds on him it's just giving him the best chance to do that does that make sense and it won't always be possible some days it's going to be impossible but doing that sometimes make a difference. yeah that's what we try to do sort of as it comes sort of towards you know like past four o'clock I'll take him up because I'll pick my son up from school and I'll, I'll, I'll take him upstairs and I'll feed him upstairs away from all the like from the noise and things yeah and he does tend to like take take it better then yeah uh, where it's sort of like lunchtime ish and thing around that time he's just he's so nosy it's unbelievable so yeah. but yeah I do try and take him away to, so it's somewhere quieter for him to like make sure he's concentrating and he's not <laughs> yeah forever nosing around yeah again that sounds we can only do our best 
and that is always good enough as far as I'm concerned you've got two children we can't just sit in a dark room all day and not making a conversation trying to get them to feed but where you can when and if you I like the word when and if when and if you can sometimes that can really help because reverse cycling is quite common where at this age where they are reverse cycling simply where they're having more milk more milk at night time than they are during the day and food FOMO can be a big part of that yeah because he definitely did do that for about a week stint he was having more milk at night than he was in the day yeah it's not it's normal and it, it goes like most things with feeds and infants and babies it can fluctuate and sometimes it's just about it's not about stopping them from feeding day or night it's just very slowly trying to shift the the booby balance back yeah uh cool okay well what I'm going to do now if it's okay with you Emma I would like to go through I look at four areas to get to a set of night's sleep or work on frequent wake-up I look at four areas which are naps and bedtime bedtime routine bedtime boundary what's happening at night are you familiar with these yeah so I've got the bedtime boundaries one yeah um and we started to work through that but weren't able to because he literally goes from one extreme to the other so um, where you've talked about um, ramping up your responses and then I watched one of the clips on um, oh, what was it called now um, try, basically trying to trying to take the boob away from them like quicker or trying to like yeah. and then give it them back if they ask for it and then um, and things like that so I've tried several different things um, but he just he's the world's most awkward baby <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that, it's completely normal and I think again we were talking about this before I think it's really important to address I try my best to create really useful content that's going to help but I'm always very honest I don't tout it as a guarantee or given lots of families move forward from the e-courses which I'm always happy to hear but of course it comes back to that some families do get a do a little get a bit stuck they do need a little bit more support and it doesn't necessarily mean that well you're never doing anything wrong or even it's the wrong approach for them. Though, again, I'm always very honest. I don't believe that there's a one-size-fits-all approach for anything that includes Care It Out. Um, but sometimes it's about looking at other things before that, making sure that they're not, that their naps are balanced during the day, that they're not overtired at bedtime. So we'll go through that in a second. And then for some babies, some, there's a real, like most things in life, there's a real balance, isn't there? Like we, most parents choose my approach because we are trying to limit the tears and the trade-off of that is um, time. It takes a bit more time. But sometimes going super slow can actually, I found that actually it can be more frustrating for babies. So sometimes that have been, it's not about being brave or being gung-ho, but sometimes giving it a go and making a bigger change they actually accept it a bit more does that make sense yeah yeah it does yeah because they're not getting as frustrated so that definitely happens I I'm I hope this is coming across I'm a very honest and transparent person and it's normal for if you've got the equals out there and it hasn't worked or you you um find it hard to make changes you're still not doing anything wrong there is absolutely nothing wrong with your baby you are not alone it's completely normal it is impossible because there's every baby's different um and um it's impossible your every family every baby's completely different there isn't a one-size-fits-all sleep so it's impossible to make a piece of content that is just going to work for every single person if somebody did that they would honestly be a multi-millionaire 
true, true. and I would have my charity I really want to carry out charity and I would be doing <laughs> all this for free if I made millions um so that's never going to happen and some families do need a little bit of support to move forward and I'm always honest some pets some babies they just carry out approach just isn't for them um but that sounds really doom and gloom it isn't I'm still quite confident Emma that we can make some changes by looking at his naps looking at his bedtime routine looking at his bedtime country how does that sound sounds excellent Cool. Let's crack on because I'm very aware of time. Time goes very quickly when you're talking. Um, how do you feel his naps are going? So his naps, his naps are quite regular, um, but he, he is one of these babies who sort of has to sleep on the go, if you will. So he yeah. has a nap first thing, not the first thing in the morning. We take his brother to school. Yeah. Um, so we leave the house at about quarter to nine and he will normally have fallen asleep by the time we get back. I'll go on like a walk with him after I've dropped his brother off at school. Yeah. So he's normally asleep by about sort of any time between 10 past nine and half past nine. He'll Because yeah. he normally wakes up at the same time. Um, he'll be asleep and he'll do sort of like a half an hour, 45 minutes sleep. But he does have to be on the go. So he does have yeah. to keep moving. So if I get back to the house and he's asleep, I'll keep the buggy moving. Yeah. Um, and then for his afternoon, and then he will wake up sort of after half an hour, 45 minutes. Um, and then his afternoon nap, which is normally his longer one. Again, he does normally need to be still on the move for it, but he's quite happy to sleep. So I'll go so when I'll, I'll either go to the shop or I'll either go for a walk with like my other half or take the dog for a walk when you would normally do a longer one. Um, and he'll sleep for anywhere between two to two and a half hours quite happily normally. But again, he has to be on the go. If I come back and leave the buggy, he'll wake up within about 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, and then he'll do sort of normally, he'll have a, he'll have to have like a mini cat nap, um, sort of tea time-ish. Yeah. And how um, long is that for? I try not to make it any longer than half an hour because obviously then it pushes his bedtime quite late. So he'll normally go to bed at about seven, half seven. So he's cat naps normally for half an hour, anytime between half four and five. Yeah. Um, for about half, he normally wakes up himself, to be fair, after about half an hour. Yeah. Because I'm sat still normally for that one as well. So that'll yeah. be like a contact nap. So I'll be sat still for that one. So he'll normally wake up after half an hour. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. What time's up in the morning, Emma? Um, it's, yeah, it's very, it's, it sort of fluctuates normally. So it's any time between sort of six and seven. He starts to stir at about half past five. Um, but I'll normally bring him in with me, feed him, and he'll fall back asleep again. Yeah. And I'll just leave him in bed with me. So normally then, so he did that this morning. He slept through till quarter past seven. Yeah. Um, but normally he rouses between six and seven. Yeah, makes total sense. Lots of positives about his naps, Emma. I think some, like, naps, nothing on my approach is precise or perfect, and that includes naps. Any nap gaps, any timings, they're always a guide, and for me, it's always important to get it into context for your baby. I do feel like nap needs at six around six months vary greatly some babies will have lower sleep needs nap needs during the day and if you were going to compare them to the baby books or their baby buddies they're probably you might feel that they're not getting enough sleep and some still very much need an hour in the morning two hour chunky lunchtime nap nap. I don't set at six months they've got to sleep at this set time for this set length because they're all really different some Mm. that I tend to work in windows I much prefer 
that approach and nap needs at this age vary anywhere from two two hours sometimes a little less all the way up to three three and a half hours it's really important to look at the baby but I do feel his, there's lots of positives about his naps he there's a rhythm to them he roughly yeah. counts what one at nine nine thirty he has one at lunchtime which is getting a really chunky nap and then he has a cat nap and then he's going to bed okay I actually feel his naps are nailed not that it's got anything to do with me but I actually feel his naps are nailed yeah well this is the thing because I mean the the chunky nap that he normally has over lunchtime sometimes if we're not if we've not gone anywhere or sometimes it's only an hour sometimes he'll and then he'll have like you know the smaller 30 minute ones over the yeah. day but this, he's still quite happy to normal it because he still has the first one and he'll definitely still have the last one yeah so just sometimes the one in the middle either will either be the chunk of two hours yeah. or will be broken slightly but it yeah. doesn't seem to affect him still going to bed yeah at night I don't think it's coming from what I think whatever's going on at night time I don't think it's coming from his naps right because I don't I've been honest I don't think there's anything more we can do going through them wake up time again I don't believe that they are going to do everything to the dot on the daily that's impossible and I don't believe he's got to be up at a set time every day again it's that window of between mm. six and seven um I'm ever the optimist so I'm hoping that we can start to not more towards seven um yeah I don't believe that they've got to be up at a set but ideally they're awake within the uh, within a half an hour 40 minute max window which he is just about which is fine I wouldn't recommend waking him any earlier um, no. I try there are times when I would wake a baby it, it's not in this instance if you're just going to wake up get up even earlier and earlier and earlier and it yeah. is normal for their wake up window to fluctuate anybody listening if it fluctuates their wake up is wildly different like one day they're waking up at six and one day they're waking up at eight eight thirty that would be a time that I might suggest I can would never tell you what to do that's not my style at all but I might suggest then waking them up like splitting the difference and saying right if they're not awake by 7 30 quarter to eight waking them for the day because a nobody wants to wake a sleeping baby and I would only suggest it unless I'd only suggest it if I thought it'd make a difference but waking them at a set time to start their day can help with their circadian rhythm and it can help all the naps to follow as well but I think Lucas's wake up time is fine his first nap of the day it's working for you oh and I just wanted to reassure you that naps on the move completely normal um naps where or how they go to sleep I'm not concerned at well I'm very rarely concerned to be honest you want to be concerned if I say I am concerned um but I'm not concerned where or how they go down for the nap the most important thing at this age is they are having them which he is um and if they're working for you we don't need to um to change that at all the only thing I'd like to just offer a little bit a bit of reassurance for you Emma or anybody listening that it is normal for them to wake when so for example if they fell asleep whilst the puppy was moving some babies will wake when it stops because they're really sensitive to what got them off to sleep in the first place so again that is completely normal and again wait for it it depends on the baby but it is normal second nap I think is amazing it is normal especially whilst their circadian rhythm is getting established it is normal for them to um for their naps to fluctuate a little bit it would depend how long he's had at night time or what's going on around that but I think that long that second nap if you're going to prioritize any of the nap again it's one of those things that we've got little control over but if we are going to prioritize 
one nap to be the longest, I would recommend the, the second one, like that first nap of the day, 30 to 40 minutes if you've no time to do anything, right? But yeah. it is a really age-appropriate nap of the day to have a shorter nap. And again, if you notice, I don't think it's work, it's going on for Lucas, but if sometimes what happens if they have too long at that nap, like heading on to an hour, an hour and a half, even a little bit more, that sometimes can cause a shorter nap in the afternoon, a late nap, or sometimes even a no nap situation in the afternoon. And then that can sometimes be a little bit sticky. So sometimes capping that nap as they get older, sometimes I do cap that nap at well, again it very much depends on the baby I'm so fed up saying that I laugh every time I say it but sometimes between 45 minutes and an hour I would cap that nap up. I would cap that nap if it was leading to the, the short nap in the afternoon but I don't think it is my only suggestion for you would be I probably two hours two hours 15 max for that second nap right um two and a half at an absolute push just to make sure that we he's not having too much nap in one go it evens out the nap because believe it or not too much nap during the day can be a thing at night time where they I don't oh. think it is for Lucas yeah um but for some um I'm trying to really generalize this for babies at around the six month mark if they are getting too much nap during the day that can be a thing as well and it's a bit of chicken exit cycle what came first having loads of nap during the day waking up at night time if it was too much nap during the day you'd usually see a period where they were awake for quite a long time at night time does that make right. sense um, so that's why I don't think it is that's what is going on for Lucas but I definitely I don't think I would suggest any more than two hours 15 two and a half hours max for that second nap and okay. again that third nap really normal to need a cat nap at this age I don't believe again boom they get to six months and every baby can scrap that cat nap because they're all really different and again it depends on the baby but I would it's more important to keep that nap in if he needs that nap you're better off giving him that nap rather than not having it and him getting overtired he'll drop it when he's ready but I do think it's sensible to be at around 4 35 o'clock and 20, yeah. 20 minutes 30 minutes max fabulous and then bedtime I think is working as well he does he does seem to because he'll go down my issue isn't necessarily getting him down my issue is getting him to stay down <laughs> yeah I hear that a lot I hear that a lot it's and I think he will go down he doesn't fight it he doesn't take normally it doesn't take him I mean it took him a long time the other night for some reason but it doesn't I think I tried to send him to bed too early but it doesn't take him a long time to go to bed he just yeah. will not stay down yeah I hear I honestly you are not alone Emma I hear this probably on the daily that I have no problem getting them to bed it's keeping them down um that's the that's the problem um or the sticking point I, I might think that babies are problems I you know that I really don't whatever's going on for him at night I really don't think it's going on for him at night because his hats are pretty much nailed and he's got a really decent bedtime as well um bedtime one thing if there are frequent wake-ups at night time putting them to bed too early can have an impact sometimes um but if they go to bed it's before seven some babies can wake up frequently at night time it's a combination of that they've gone to bed too early they haven't built up enough hide in their tank heat pressure to keep them asleep they might not have taken a full feed but I'm, again that's more just to reassure anybody listening I don't think that's going on for Lucas 
Yeah, I have tried because I think a few times I have tried to send him to bed too tired because I've because he's been rubbing his face because he rubs his face when he's tired, but then he's not been yawning or any yeah. other of his, or any other of his other signs. So I think because, and then he gets whingy. But I think yeah. he, I mean he gets whingy because he gets bored sometimes or he's starting yeah. to get tired. But like you said, I don't think he'd been tired enough, and I have on occasion um, tried to send him to bed too early. Yeah, I think we all have. <laughs> I think we all have, and it is normal. But just because I think this is a really good point as well, just because it's normal to look through everything as over tiredness, and I definitely don't help that conversation sometimes. But it is normal for them to rub their eye, especially as they get older. Rub their eyes, do a little yawn. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're ready for bed right then. Yeah. And as you found out, taking them up too early, that you can't control when they fall asleep <clears throat> i think sometimes we forget that with all the content with, with everything going on sleep is a biological process and if we do start too early then it just takes longer and everybody gets a bit more hot and bothered which yeah. is not great for anybody no did you have any questions about naps or are you happy to look at bedtime routine and bedtime boundaries? no i think you've you've pretty much answered everything any other questions that i would have had and if you say that it sounds fine because i did wonder but because obviously with the constant naps on the go i didn't know whether that'd be an issue for him obviously when you put him to bed he, he won't because obviously they're stationary when they go to bed as opposed to he has has to have his naps on the go but if they're fine to be on the go and then that's fine i have no problem yeah. with that again i'm not i'm not his expert you are and i don't know him i we're doing this completely off the cuff aren't we emma like we had a quick yeah. chat before but that's it because i wanted it to be as honest and realistic as possible so I really don't know him but two things I want to share is where I, I think I mentioned it before where or how he goes down for naps is very very it's not impossible if I've learned anything working with families for years is nothing is impossible but it's so rare it's never happened on my approach that I would change where or how they go to sleep even with movement or contact nap um, on you in a car I wouldn't change that to help with sleeping at night time. I don't think he's waking up every two hours at night time going, I think I'll walk for my nap. What's, uh, I think I need that now. I, th yeah. I feel that bedtime routine and bedtime boundaries resets all of that. That's one thing. And hand on heart, I've never in practice come back and looked at that. I wouldn't change how a baby at any age, but especially at six and a half months old, six and a half months old, how or where they go to sleep to improve how they go down at bedtime, what they're doing at night time, they're two different things. But I do feel that he is quite sensitive to the bedtime boundary. Have, have you, you're familiar with the bedtime boundary yeah. um, theory. I'm gonna do yeah. a very quick summary for everybody listening. So bedtime boundary is simply how they go to sleep, rocking, walking in a pram, feeding, bouncing, I nearly said clubbing, I mean patting. I do not say clubbing your baby, but playing at all um dancing um all of these things they're not negative sleep association sleep clocks they're just normal ways of getting your baby to sleep again like most things on my approach is very much dependent on your baby some babies you can rock feed bounce pat sing dance put them to sleep in another room and they will either sleep through the night or they'll wake up for the feeds they genuinely need the feeds are sustainable where some babies how they go to sleep really impacts the stitching of the sleep cycles because they wake up as they're stitching coming out of their sleep cycle they realize that the bouncing has stopped the feeding has stopped they're not on you they're in a different place and that can for some babies um impact them going into their next sleep cycle they'll wake and then they need whatever happened at the beginning of the sleep in order to stitch their sleep cycle together does that make sense it does yeah 
Yeah. And again, it's a spectrum. On one end of the scale, you've got it for some, you can feed, rock, bounce, pat, do all of those things, it doesn't impact them at all. I just believe some babies are just more sensitive to how they go to that that change than others and for some sleep for some babies it's rare that it gets to this point but for some families it isn't until baby is putting themselves to, it's got nothing to do with self-soothing or self-settling nothing but it isn't until baby's falling asleep in their cot with sometimes with the parents out of the room at bedtime which can feel like a mammoth task that the sleep settles at night time and basically that there's no change and I have a feeling Lucas might be to do with his bedtime boundary because as soon as that buggy stops and he drops on that there's a change he then needs the movement again does that make sense yeah it does yeah but changing bedtime boundaries as you found out emma it is a biggie and again it does look different for every family some families it that making those changes it's fairly straightforward where for some it can it carry it, it out works because they put the work in to really step it down and make changes so at the moment talk to me how lucas goes to sleep at bedtime so he gets fed to sleep at bedtime um he gone through, he went through a phase of, of letting dad bounce him to sleep or letting me bounce him to sleep but he because when we tried the boundaries is to like roll it back from the like slowly roll it back from so feeding to sleep is what he's always done yeah so we tried to roll it back from feeding to sleep or i do it where um we, i looked at the thing where you said the breast request so where he would so i would take it away from him to, and then rock him to see if he would just go to sleep and sometimes he would and sometimes he wouldn't so i'd have to give it him back and yeah. wait till he'd gone to sleep to put him down and yeah. then we tried the rocking to sleep, which worked for a bit. But now we're back. We've been back for about a month now where there's just refusal for anything else apart from being fed to sleep. Yeah. OK. My suggestion would be to go very slowly. I think it is worth just checking in, seeing if there's anything else that can be done with the eczema. Yeah. To see if that is it could well be that he's waking up because he's in discomfort. He's scratching and then he's awake. So then he needs the feed to soothe him, help him, comfort him to get back to sleep. Mm. Um, but at bedtime, I think the more I speak to Emma, the more I, I've got a sneaky sleep suspicion it is his bedtime boundary. He's, he, as soon as he wakes up, the reason why I think this is one that you instinctively feel that that resonates and makes sense. But also at nighttime, sometimes he's not even taking a really big feed. He'll have a quick suckle, a little kiss, and then he's straight back to sleep. Yeah. And the wake-ups are frequent. So I do think, it's sense the next sensible step would be to work on bedtime boundaries but do it really slowly it is normal for the unmatching them off the breast not to work it is a process and as I mentioned before some babies find that even more frustrating there's a couple of things you can try if you want to these are just suggestions but what you could try to do is does he wear a sleeping bag he does yeah yeah or what you could even if he doesn't wear a sleeping bag because again I'm just bearing in mind that we were talking about him being too hot with the eczema what you could try and do is instead of moving like unlatching him before he falls asleep you could try introducing something afterwards does that make sense so my whole approach instead of taking something away try and build in some really small steps after he's had his boob and always breastfeed sorry I didn't mean to be I call it booby in fact <laughs> mean to be um to offend anybody with the word boob just in case um but my suggestion and also the other thing i want to be very very clear about you don't need to stop before i go through these suggestions you, the boobs are never to blame 
and not a bad habit you don't need to stop breastfeeding sometimes it's enough just to get a little bit of a break between going to bed and having the breastfeed does that make sense yes so my suggestion for you if you are up for it I do feel your bedtime routine is working because he's going to sleep afterwards that's very very telling if the naps weren't working or the bedtime routine wasn't working nine times out of ten you'd get some resistance going down but I don't that's why I don't think it's anything to do with that but my suggestion to you would be to see whether you can swap um his bump the breastfeed earlier up the bedtime routine and I'd probably um do you, you do you bath him every night? Not every night, no, it dries his skin out. So we do we do yeah. the same routine, but sometimes we don't do the bath part. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. My suggestion would be to get him into his nappy. So if he has a bath, bath him, keep it short, into his nappy. Then I would feed him and then I would put his pyjamas on and then see whether you can hold him to sleep that way. Right, okay. I have a feeling that the unlatching him just drove him bonkers, which is really normal. It's I see that quite a bit in practice, that they just find it really frustrating. And yeah. for some, when you unlatch them, they're always going to come back to the, um, to the boob. Does that make yeah. sense? They just get more yeah. and more frustrated. I and yeah. it just doesn't work so my suggestions for your bedtime boundaries are I would probably try bringing starting your routine and bedtime just five or ten minutes earlier nothing too crazy but give you and Lucas just a teeny teeny little bit more time to make that change that could be all the difference between him actually accepting a change at bedtime and we have to remember that change is strange at any age adults find it really difficult to make changes recently my phone a great example of this is recently my phone got upgraded and I couldn't figure out how to do anything and it honestly all day it drove me bonkers which is ridiculous (laughs) I'm a grown woman and I couldn't figure out how to do something the strange is strange it feels clunky it feels unsmooth it's normal so why should it be any different for babies especially for a baby as 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 young as Lucas at six months old and it it is going to take time and there's often a period of adjustment and again I think sometimes people think bear it out it's this magical unicorn approach that happens it just if you kind of look at them and the changes are made again it takes time and practice and patience and for some families it can definitely be a process yeah to keep it on I feel like I'm waffling now but keep it on point my suggestions at bedtime would be to start a little bit earlier because that can make a difference nothing crazy just five or ten minutes and my suggestion would be instead of unlatching him and trying to do it that way I would suggest bumping the breastfeed up the bedtime routine a little bit. It'll only, again, it'll only be about five minutes, but then try and get him dressed afterwards. And I'm hoping for some babies by doing that, what we're doing is bumping the breastfeed up the bedtime routine is not the last thing. Yeah. But we are all, does it make sense? So that won't be the last thing, but instead of taking something away, we're adding something in and he would have already hopefully finished his feed like it's normal if you're feeding them if something like for example if I, I was having my cup of coffee which I just realized is completely empty and somebody kept taking that cup of coffee away from me I would I would give up I would kick off 100% and some some babies do accept it some don't I think it's it's really individual but I'm hoping by adding something in afterwards the pajamas the song or even if you just did the sleeping bag afterwards um, he'll have finished his feed it will be up the routine there won't be any unlatching him because he'll have finished but I jostle of doing something afterwards the pajamas and if for anybody listening you can do anything afterwards you could have a song you could say goodnight a couple of things you could put, do the lot you could zip up their sleeping bag it could even be that first 
something simple like just not being cute when you're transferring them into the cot you just put them into the cot so they you, it's not about being rough I wouldn't go and wake them up we're just we're just making that break between the, the breastfeed and going to bed and we're also just making them aware of where they're going and that can really help at night time oh you there Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. That definitely it makes sense. Yeah, because at least it's not shocks for them. You're then. writing it all down. Yeah, I would try really hard not to make it. But I think I think you've just got a little bit stuck with changing the bedtime boundary, which happens. I see it in practice all the time. But again, probably on the weekdays where that happens, and sometimes change. I'm all for making changes over time, giving it time, accepting that it's a process, but sometimes knowing when to actually, this isn't working, we've tried it, it's time to try something completely different can help massively. Fabulous. And in the beginning, final parting piece of advice, because I knew this was going to happen, we'd have loads to talk about, Emma, I'm going to have to go in a second. No, it's fine, I'm the same. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's been so nice talking to you, I just really, really, I genuinely really enjoy it. Um, but he will be quite tired in the beginning. Like he might not even wake up when you put his pajamas on or his sleeping bag on. That's fine. I would keep doing it. And again, the more we practice something, the more we repeat repetition comes up a lot in my practice. He will. It just helps him adjust to that change. Um, yeah. And in time, he might get a little bit more awake. And I'm really hoping that's enough then to move you forward. And once you've done that, then you can just continue to bump the breastfeed up the routine that way. That's fabulous. Thank you very much. You are very welcome. Did you have, has that made total sense? Because that's really important to me. I'm not just yes, going to rush off by the way. No, it definitely does make sense. Total yeah. sense. And you're happy yes. with that? I am, yes. Has like I, there's nothing I think I would much rather I'm never going to stop creating content because I love it but I would always much I talk so much better than I type and there is nothing beats talking to you their expert and actually having that chat and getting it into context to help move you forward but do you feel a little bit more confident now about the about where you're going with bedtime boundaries yeah I do it's like a bit of a like a plan is always I love a plan so it's always oh me good. too me too <laughs> I love a plan in fact my what goes on my plan during the day if it's not on my plan it doesn't happen that's how I, yeah the only way I I'm very organized yeah amazing and most parents like a plan it makes us feel that we've got some control over it it's easy to stick to something when it's a plan as well I think yeah true cool and then just very quickly because I know somebody will ask this um on the back of this podcast at night time we don't change anything the only time I ever change what we're doing at night time is if the we've worked on bedtime boundaries and that hasn't worked or we're looking at night weaning which I would always need a chat for anyway I only offer weaning advice in consultations for now because again looks different for every family and I need to have that chat um, but at night time we the main the two most important things at night is a that we are giving them the practice and patience to stick to sleep together and b we're supporting them straight away if they're asking now for lucas you've already told me at the beginning that he is um upset he's crying when he wakes up so he's already asking for support so i would go in and roll up your response i wouldn't change anything then like emma for you okay. roll up as soon as he's crying it's always okay to stitch your sleep cycles together roll up your response 
if you get to feeding, get to feeding. I'm hoping by very slowly getting a bigger break at bedtime, that's the key to nudging him forward at night time. But for anybody else listening, if you do find that your baby wakes up at night time and they do coo, they're awake, they're emotionally easy, chatting, cooing, playing, my suggestion would be to give them that practice and patience to stick pause and give them that practice and patience to stick to sleep cycle. I'd only be going in if they were emotionally uneasy. Fabulous. Cool. Emma, it's been so nice talking to you. That is a long episode, but I'm really <laughs> hoping lots of parents find that useful. As I said before, these consultation type episodes always go down really well. The main thing though, Emma, is have you enjoyed it and do you feel you've got something out of it? Yes, I've very much enjoyed it and I do feel like I've got a plan so I feel much better about it. Good. That's all I ever want for anybody, especially for you, Emma, because you're so lovely giving me your time, is that you feel better. It's good to feel good. You feel reassured. You've got a plan in place. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to leave you in peace for the rest of the day, Emma. Fabulous. <laughs> Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Will you keep me posted and let me know how you get on, Emma? I will do. Yes. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much you for coming to me. Bye. Thanks. You too. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to me, your host, Kerry Secker, on the Carry Out Sleep Show. I really hope you found this podcast episode reassuring, informative, but most importantly, it helps you and your small to a more settled night's sleep the caring way. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below, leave me some feedback or share it with a parent pal. I love hearing that you love listening. My next podcast episode will be available in two weeks time. But if you really can't wait that long, please come and find me over on Instagram at Care Out Sleep Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak about sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity. Until next time.